Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we enter into the Advent season, the three words that are on my mind and heart are the words courage, patience, and encouragement. And Mother Mary, I ask that your prayers intercede for each person here today to receive more hope through this holy sacrifice of the Mass. As we all pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Whenever I have a, a family member come to Mass, sometimes I will embarrass them. So if you don't like me, or you're wondering why I became a priest, it's my oldest brother's fault. He invited me in the year 2007 to the Men of Christ Conference, and he decided to come to Mass today. So I'm just going to ask him to raise his hand. He's sitting in the middle by the door back there. Everybody look. It's his fault. So that's my brother PJ. Um, he's my oldest brother, and he's also my confirmation sponsor, and he actually took that invitation to like disciple me and walk with me and encourage me for a long time. And he's still uh, one of my heroes, so very happy to have you here. And PJ and I, in our home, uh, when he was probably about seven or eight years old, my mom changed jobs. She used to, she was in the military, she was in the army, and then she, while she was in the army, she was a dental hygienist. And when our family moved to the Sheboygan area, she just felt called to start watching children. And then she started an at-home daycare. So my brother PJ and I, and my, my sister Rachel, my brother Nathan, we saw babies our whole life. And we saw a lot of kids with a lot of different things, but there's one thing that parents love to tell us is when their child took their first steps or they were starting to do that so we could encourage them to start walking. And as an uncle of five, two of the children are PJ's daughters, Lydia and Madeline. Um, you know, it always just shocked me when, when they said, hey, we're pregnant, we're so excited. And then began those times where we're wondering, as a baby is born, you know, what color will their hair be? What color will their eyes be? What will their voice sound like? What will their temperament be? And it was just a time of, of joy and excitement. And the time when they began to sit up, you know, you, you put pillows around them, and they could sit by themselves. They need to be held 24-7, right? And then they could sit by themselves, and then they began to crawl. And then became those day, there came those days when they began to walk or take those first steps. They could kind of move and shift along the furniture in the living room. And William Faulkner, he's an author, and he once said, you cannot swim for new horizons until you have courage to leave the shore. And for the shore for, for a little baby is, is leaving the comfort from like that piece of furniture and then walking into the arms of their mother and father or to their uncle or to an encouraging family friend. For a child to leave the couch and take that first two steps is a time of overcoming fear and growing in courage by falling into the arms of someone who's patient with you and who can encourage you. I can re remember watching lots of babies growing up, but especially my nieces and nephews take their first steps. There's so much fear. Can, can, I, can I leave? Can I, can I really do this? And then that fear turned into joy. Mom and dad and everyone in the room would be cheering them on. Great job, you can do it. Don't quit. Great job, right? And their faces beamed with big smiles. 
And I wonder for how many of us, that's like literally what we need, but we stop doing. We stop encouraging one another, right? So we talk about the word courage. We have to have the courage to leave something of comfort to begin walking in our faith journey. But we also need a lot of patience because we're going to fall. And it's the need of people who can encourage us and support us to keep us moving forward to the arms of our Father or to the Blessed Mother, right? And our, our faith journey is a lot like that. You and I, we need a heck of a lot of courage. We need people that are extremely patient and we need a lot of support so people can cheer us on. So as we tell people, I actually want to be a saint, we don't get poo-pooed by the world around us. So this first Sunday, I just want to ask you a few questions to get your mind thinking. And the first question is, what amount of courage do you need to continue or to start walking with Jesus? What amount of courage do you need to continue or to start walking with Jesus? And then secondly, if you have started that journey, how patient has God been with you in your relationship with him? How patient has God been with you in your relationship with him? And the third question is, with that patience in mind, where are you being called to patiently encourage other people on their faith journey? To walk with God, to walk with Jesus. I believe that these three questions, this Advent, will help us walk with Jesus. And our patroness this year at the Newman Center is St. Therese. And she has this gift of making the impossible seem possible. She offers hope to the seemingly hopeless, which I would assume in the past year and a half of the pandemic, a lot of us would say, yep, I felt hopeless before, or yep, I've been discouraged, or yep, I could use a lot more encouragement. And she has this very simple theology which is her way of following God and loving God, which is doing little things with great love. And her story, her conversion, was so powerful that it was actually asked by her order, the Carmelites, to be written to an autobiography in the year 1898, and it became an instant bestseller. And it still is to this day. Again, she teaches us to do little things with great love, to take those little steps, and we fall to get back up. And over time, those little steps will lead to big steps. And a lot of us want to do that the reverse way. We want to take really big steps and forget about all the little steps that are necessary. So to help us walk with Jesus' Advent, it is most helpful to have some guidelines, some guideposts to know, how do I know if I'm doing it right? How do I know if I'm doing it right? And the invitation in that is also to be And when I say patient, I also mean be gentle with yourself. So often we're so hard on ourselves and we do what the devil wants so quickly, which is just to quit. Just quit. But think of Mary and Joseph as they walked to Bethlehem, right? With something that made them slow down, which would be a donkey. And some of us can be a donkey. You know what word I'm talking about. We can be a jackass about things and 
One time when I was telling a priest I was about to enter seminary, and I was so excited, he just said, don't get so prideful. God can make any jackass to his will. And that, I needed that humility, right? Because it's, it's a journey. It's a walk. So in the Carmelite tradition, there are these three ways or three stages of holiness or conversion. And St. Therese was a Carmelite nun, and they follow these three paths. And I just want to look at the first one today, and then next week we'll look at the second one, and the following week we'll look at the third. The three stages of conversion are called the purgative stage or the purgative way, the illuminative way or stage, and then also the unitive stage or unitive way. So the, the purgative way, you can kind of hear the word, it begins with purge. This is the first stage of conversion, which a lot of us are still in, in the Catholic Church. In this stage, it's really difficult to overcome temptations. And it's also the stage for beginners. And sometimes when we go through these stages, we realize we're kind of in one, at, we have one foot in each time, in each, each one a little bit. But there's a desire growing in the heart of this person to grow in holiness, to grow in happiness, to grow in making a self-gift of themselves. But the thing is, the beginner, the person in the purgative stage, falls frequently. They're in need of a lot of encouragement. They're in need of a lot of support to tell them that they're actually making progress. And they need to be reminded that they're just a child in this walk. They're in, just in the beginning stages. It's about the journey. They need to be reminded often. And most people get stuck here. In this first stage, there's a special grace given. The person becomes aware of how weak they are. This is not to like, say you're a bad person, but it's saying that you need someone to save you, to catch you, that is. And these graces come from an awareness of sacrificial love being the only love that will satisfy the ache in my heart. Or sacrificial love is the only type of love that will fill the hole in my heart. In this stage, a desire to grow is to purge oneself of sin. You're kind of sick and tired of being sick and tired. And worldly things as far as cars and homes and material things and the temptations of the flesh, the pleasures of the flesh, they're getting old, right? And they actually begin to weigh the person down as if they have a big boulder on their back. Yet deep in the heart, the person wants to be happy. The person wants to be in love, which is the whole purpose of the Christian faith. But there's this need to purge, but there's still kind of a weird attachment to the things of the world or to certain sins. And this is where the person in their battle needs other people around them to keep them upright so they can make it into the next stage. For those in the beginner stage or the purgative stage, there's a temptation to just also be mediocre and be lukewarm. But we know in the book of Revelation, when Jesus says, if you're lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Jesus wants you on fire, right? And it's much easier to stay on fire when you have people around you who are on fire. But the temptation becomes quickly to think, I can't compete with those people who are on fire. They're holier than me. There's no way. 
right? But then in that process, you need people around you to support you and lift you up. And that temptation can be to quit by skipping prayer, avoiding community events, skipping mass because of self-righteousness or self-justification. Self-righteousness or self-justification is, I am God. I don't need that. Yet, I also need purpose in life. I need holiness. I need joy. So there's a division in the heart of this person. And this is where St. Therese helps us because she has this one really powerful quote. And it says, Remember that the world that we're all in right now is thy ship, not thy home. The world is thy ship, not thy home. So that means you and I are created for heaven. And heaven comes down to earth in Jesus. And the person in the stage is slowly moving in the next stage when they stop thinking about themselves so much. They stop thinking about what feels good so much or what doesn't feel good. And they also start to disgust, become disgusted with worldly things. And the good news is that this stage is meant to leave you to peace. By a raising of your hands, who in here wants more peace in their lives and in the world? It's what I thought. <laughs> but it comes with the first dark night. There's a darkness that can creep in in this stage because you have to detach. You have to purge from the things of this world because there's a pleasure in them. And that leads into the next stage, which we'll cover next week, which, which is the illuminative stage, which will lead you to truth. And that's what you and I are created for. And these three levels are not necessarily static or chronological. So during our lives, we may experience taste of each. You may have a foot in each. And the whole point of this is conversion. These are called the three stages of conversion. And conversion is a process. It's a walk. It's a journey. And everyone, your conversion is about wholeness and happiness and joy. And everyone is called to conversion. We're all called to that. In the depths of your soul, each of us have it in us. We know that there's something in us that says you can do better. There's more in you. And St. Bernard of Clairvaux, he once said that no matter how sinful one might have been in the past, he is still called to the heights of prayer, to the depths and the riches of the spiritual life. So today as we begin the first Sunday of Advent, and maybe it's your 15th or your 6th or your 40th, it's a season where we're called to purge and make a space and reopen a space for God who is love. So Jesus can become Lord of your hearts. This Advent season, a lot of us are in need of courage to reopen our hearts because it can be painful. Because some of us don't want to get hurt again, right? We also need a lot of patience. Because, again, it's a journey. It's not a sprint. We also need people around us to help us move out of this purgative stage into the illuminative stage. And for some of us, we might be thinking, that sounds great, but I have a full plate already. 
I don't know if I have time for more. And that's where our gospel comes in, where Jesus warns us. He says, beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and from the anxieties of daily life, that they catch you by surprise like a trap. He further states, for that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. He says, be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. So each week, I'm going to give you a challenge to practice one of the stages. This first week, my challenge to you is to download a screen time app and to pay attention to how much time you spend on your screen. If we say we have a full plate, but we're spending four to six to eight to ten hours a day on our phones, do we really not have enough time or do we just lack discipline? Do we need to detach? And in downloading that screen time app, here's the kicker. You need someone who can support you to hold you accountable. So the goal would be this week, each day, to take a screenshot at the end of the night of how much time you spent on your phone and then to send that to that person. So we can put things back in the right order. You know, William Faulkner once said, you cannot swim for, for new horizons until you have the courage to leave the shore. For some of us, the, the shore is our phone. We have a disordered attachment to our electronics. So will you have the courage to move to new horizons by being patient with yourself to leave the shore from the purgative stage to the illuminative stage? Because you all just raised your hand and said, I want peace. Remember those little children walking and taking their first steps. They had to trust the person that was going to catch them. And Jesus wants us to trust him. And what could be more trustworthy, but also harmless than a little child who took on our flesh to redeem us? We'll take a moment of silence to take up that challenge to download that screen time app, but also to be humble enough and patient enough to share that this week with somebody who can help us grow in our faith and cheer us on, especially when we feel like quitting. Amen.